Hello, this is Joshua Mack from Cornerstone Bible Church, and we're talking marriage and family. And one of the reasons why we're talking about marriage and family is because we want to be the best husbands and wives and parents we possibly can be. And yet, while that's what we uh, we desire, all too often we know that we're not the husbands and wives and parents we wish we could be. Uh, we make mistakes, too many mistakes to count, probably, and not just mistakes, we sin. And today I want to talk about how we deal with that. How do we deal with the fact that we sin and that we need to be corrected because there are some really wrong ways that we respond to correction, which only makes the problem worse. I uh, used to watch a show with my kids called Dude Perfect, and they had a a segment on uh, various stereotypes. And a stereotype, of course, is funny. It can be funny because it's based on reality and there are some some pretty common stereotypes typical ways that people respond to correction and i wonder which of these stereotypes might be the one that fits you for example there's the pretender the book of proverbs talks about the fool and how he mocks at the guilt offering acts like he doesn't need it this isn't something uh, that he uh, is necessary for someone like him. And the pretender is a person who pretends like he doesn't sin, like he has reached some level of holiness where he doesn't fail. Then, of course, there's the avoider. And this is the person who stays away from anyone who might correct them. Proverbs puts it like this, a scoffer does not like to be reproved. He will not go to the wise. On the other hand, there's the attacker. And this is the person who gets upset at anyone who says they're sinning. Whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse, and he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. You talk to this person after he's been corrected, and he's not talking about his sin. He's talking about the other person. Then there is a more sophisticated kind of attack. Some people don't attack back outright, but you correct them once, and they're always teasing you about it making it some sort of of joke. Others aren't so much attackers. They are uh, distorters. You correct them and they change what what you're saying into something much, much worse. They love to use extreme language. You might say, I noticed that one time uh, you did you did this. And they respond by saying, I can't believe you always think that I respond that way. I don't always do that. There is uh, the waiter. This is someone who just sins and thinks, you know what, let's just, none of us talk about this. And if we ignore it for long enough, uh, it's going to magically get better. Then, of course, there's the blamer. And this goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. When this person is corrected, they immediately blame someone else. And uh, the blamer's closely connected, of course, to the defender. This is the person who you correct, and they have a million different excuses for what they did wrong. 
there's also the the talker the the way of a fool is right in his own eyes but a wise man listens to advice and so this is someone you correct and then they just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and take over the conversation until you really honestly just become tired and you're not able to actually deal with the issue there's also of course the overreactor you make a small suggestion and it becomes a huge conflict and then there's uh, someone who acts a little bit like Eeyore. Uh, you correct them and they're talking forever about how bad they are or they're just crying and crying and crying. All of those, of course, are wrong ways to respond uh, when we sin and when we're corrected for it. And yet some of them are such habits. It's just where we go when we're corrected and we've gone there so long that we think, is there actually another way? There, There is another way. How do we deal with the fact that we sin and sometimes we need to be corrected for it by our family members? It begins, I think, with, with seeing correction as an opportunity. We don't want to sin, of course. We don't want to mistakes, even to make mistakes, but... But God can use this. This is an opportunity to show our family how the gospel works. It's easy to say you believe you're a forgiven sinner, but do you actually believe it when someone points out your sin? The goal is not to be your kid's ultimate hero and to somehow fool them into thinking that you never struggle It's not about your family worshiping you, but it's about your family worshiping Jesus. And so when you are corrected, you have a unique opportunity to show your family how the gospel has transformed the way you think about sin. And yet responding to this opportunity is difficult because many people have never seen anyone deal with their sin properly and so they don't even know what to do really when it comes up and so let's talk about how to take criticism obviously uh, the first step is to always constantly be humbly evaluating your own heart and seeing when you see sin repenting to god and others as quickly as possible But there may be times where you don't see that sin yourself and you need correction from others. And that's actually a good thing. You you want to cultivate a family where correction happens. Why should you want to develop a family where you can talk about issues? There are almost too many different reasons. (laughs) Uh, Without instruction, you are actually making failure much more likely and your failure will impact the people around you. It's normal to need correction. If you really want to demonstrate that you're smart, it's not by getting angry at the people who correct you and arguing with them, but instead by loving their reproof. The wise person isn't the know-it-all. He is the one who listens to advice. Friends that don't care enough about us to help us change don't really love us. They're acting like they hate us. The consequences of not having people in your life who will correct you can be very serious. Like for one, death. 
The idea of one man making a great plan by himself without seeking advice and carrying out that plan by himself without help from others is a myth. Lone ranger leadership is foolish leadership. Understanding is much more valuable than having everyone think you are smart. Even if the person who's correcting you is wrong, it's not going to help the situation move forward if you get angry with them and overreact. The moment you stop listening to instruction is the moment you begin walking away from, from knowledge. You are obviously not the only one who needs to be corrected. This is common for all people. You don't need to act like this is such a huge surprise or such an uncommon occurrence. It's through painful instruction that God actually changes you. Long term, the people who love you enough to graciously challenge you will be of even greater benefit than the people who continually ignore the places you need to grow. So we want to have a family where sin is corrected, not where sin is ignored. But how do we help that happen? It starts, of course, with us making sure that we're responding to correction well when our sin is pointed out. And we've talked about some of the wrong ways, but what are some of the right ways to respond to correction? One, make sure you are listening to understand the criticism they're making. Unfortunately, uh, all too often, once someone starts correcting us, our emotions get going and our ears close and it's very hard for us to hear what they're actually saying and so it requires some self-control when you're corrected to say what is this person actually saying sometimes what you'll do is uh, say i hear you saying this is is that what you're saying second you want to remind yourself that you're saved by jesus's work and loved by god who knows more about you than anyone else. You don't have to respond to correction, even from someone who you love and respect, you don't have to respond to their correction like it means suddenly you've been abandoned by God. The most important person in the universe is for you because of Christ. Third, you wanna watch out for the sin of, of pride, especially as expressed in a superior attitude, which doesn't listen to people you think are younger than you or below you or don't know as much as you. And then carefully evaluate your life in light of whatever scriptural passages they gave or if they didn't give scriptural passages, think of what principles you may have violated and be willing to repent for any actual sins you might have committed. Without gossiping or presenting spin, you might even wanna go to someone who's not a yes person And ask in a general way, focusing on the principle rather than the specific situation, whether they've seen you committing that sin. That there, though, is a little difficult to do well because if we're not careful, we're going to end up gossiping or just simply getting people to defend us. That would be our instinct. And so that's one that you have to be very careful about doing. But you should view uh, this opportunity where you're being corrected as an opportunity for self-denial and embrace the opportunity to be humbled. And, and 
even as you're being corrected, remember that anything that causes you to trust in the cross more and yourself less is a good thing, even if it really does hurt. Express sorrow for any ways in which the other person has felt pain as a result of your actions. And if you have sinned and you're convinced that you've sinned, ask for forgiveness. The nice thing about expressing sorrow is you can almost always do that. It's hard for me to think of a situation in which you can't express sorrow. It doesn't necessarily mean that you agree with the correction if you say, I am really sorry that you felt that way. Now, uh, if you didn't, at that point, you, you're not sure that you've sinned, um, it's it's probably best not to go ahead and ask for forgiveness because then um, you're, you're, you're lying or you're manipulating. But you might want to say, can I take some time to really prayerfully think about this? And if you, you go away and you prayerfully consider what they've said and you realize it's sin, you, you go back and you ask for forgiveness. And, and when you ask for forgiveness, you don't defend yourself, but you confess your sin. And how should you confess your sin? Well, good confession starts with confessing your sin to God as sin. I think of Psalm chapter 51, against you and you only have I sinned. And so you want to recognize when you sin that it's not just against the other person. Ultimately, it's against God. And so you need to confess your sin uh, first and foremost to him. But how should you confess it to the other person? The best summary of biblical teaching I've ever heard on this comes from uh, Ken Sandy, who's got eight A's, and I'm sure you've heard of this, but he says, address everyone involved. Avoid if, but, or maybe. Admit it specifically. Acknowledge the hurt. Accept the consequences. Alter your behavior. Ask for forgiveness. And then allow time. If you've really hurt someone, it it can take time. It's hard to have sin exposed, of course, but it can be a powerful moment in your family's life if you deal with it the way God wants you to. And honestly, in this uh, broken world, one step you can take to being the best husband or wife or parent you possibly can be is learning how to take correction well. When you uh, look at your own life, how how do you respond when corrected? When was the last time you were corrected? What what did you do? If your if your spouse corrected you, how how did you respond? Do you do you make it easy for your spouse to correct you or do you make it difficult? If you make it difficult, think about why. Does your response to correction makes sense in light of what you believe about yourself, that you are a sinner who deserves God's judgment? Does it make sense in light of what you believe about yourself, that you are a son or daughter of God who has been completely forgiven because of what Jesus has done? And does it even make sense in light of what you know to be true, that 
part of the process of sanctification and changing necessarily involves other people getting involved in your life and graciously pointing out to you when you've done wrong.